welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, once again, I am joined by Scott Stevens, James City County's County Administrator. Welcome, Scott. Hey, Renee. It's always great to be here. Always great to have you. So you don't have much going on right now, right? There's not a whole lot of newsy things happening. Yeah, it's the same old, same old, <laughs> plus a budget, right? <laughs> oh, so, uh, but, the budget, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, but before I get into that, I guess two things. One, spring looks like it's coming, maybe. It's been mm-hmm. a little cooler the last few days than I like, but I think uh, it'll turn the corner in April and we'll be on our way. And so just encourage folks to get out and enjoy that. And, and with that, um, you know, Bush Gardens has officially opened Pantheon. So a ride that COVID impacted a little bit, but they had a great grand opening back at the end of March. And um, I did have an opportunity to ride it. So I would encourage all those coaster lovers out there to make time and go experience it. It is quite the coaster. And so I'll be riding it again sometime soon. Um, would mention our marina project. Um, we have talked about the marina a number of times. I think it's really an exciting project. It was certainly needed. What we had out there was in pretty poor repair. Um, we're a little behind schedule, but I think our contractor will be finished in April, at least with this phase one, this first project that we uh, had funded and we're working through. And I'm really excited to see the final touches being put on, the street being resurfaced, the lighting going in, and having boats return to the boat slips that we have now uh, rebuilt and are floating and waiting for uh, use. So again, I hope folks will have an opportunity to uh, experience not just visually, but to get into the water out there. We have a really nice boat launch for those that want to uh, rent uh, kayaks or bring their own and or bring their own boating. And so again, uh, excited to have the marina sort of back in regular operation this season. So look forward to that. Uh, another thing I'd like to mention is uh, we, we have worked through our economic development staff and our community development folks on uh, pursuing a business grant. So we we did present that to the Board of Supervisors at their last meeting in March. Uh, we are working with the state the CDBG program to get this business uh, grant program out on the street, so to speak, but it should be coming soon. So I just want to mention to our small business community, we are providing up to $15,000 uh, for businesses with 20 or fewer employees, and the $15,000 would be applied towards six months of rent or six months of mortgage that they've paid in the previous three years. And so it can be any six-month period up to a maximum of $16,000, $15,000. And they do have to have been in business all three years and have had a business license with James City County. So uh, more details, but I think that's a pretty exciting thing for those businesses that have made it this far and a little extra assistance would help. Uh, there is some coming. And again, we have $700,000 to distribute. Uh, and I look forward to distributing that so that we can then go back to the state and, and make our case for more funding for our business community. Uh, I guess, as you mentioned early on, Renee, the main purpose, uh, at least for our discussion today, is our proposed FY 2023 budget. And uh, you know, I've got a lot of numbers to cover. I don't know how to do it any differently. I didn't put together any graphs. So I'm going to talk through these numbers. Um, if I get it wrong, I'm sure you'll correct me or add to where needed. Sure. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. And would certainly offer to anyone that has questions after listening to this or something just didn't make sense uh, to participate in public meetings that I'll uh, mention at the end. Uh, we have one coming up April 5th, so that's the first one for us. Uh, or to call me, you know, 253-6603, 253-6603. And I'll be happy to try to answer the questions and make sure you understand what's in the proposed budget. So as I go through this, I'll probably speak a lot to revenues up there, some of the driving factors behind us. 
And then what the difference we're using in revenue. We do similar things year to year, minus sort of our capital improvement projects, replacement of vehicles. We're doing different things in some departments. But by and large, our budget funds, primarily our staff that provides the services to the county. And then the other parts of it uh, we'll, we'll speak to in terms of where, where additional revenue is going. And we do have some of that this year. Uh, and as I mentioned, the April 5th meeting, before I forget the time, is at four o'clock um, in our boardroom here at the government complex. It'll be streamed live as well. And so if, and on Facebook, so it can be interactive that way. But it is meant to be an in-person meeting for those that would like to attend in person or something you can participate in from home if you would like to participate. And we hope to have some two-way conversation. And we're doing that on Facebook, correct? In terms of the two-way conversation. Mm -hmm. Very good. And so again, then it would be available for replay after that. But again, April 5th um, at four o'clock at the Government Center in the boardroom. So again, we're talking about the proposed FY 2023 budget. And then we have also an FY 2024 plan. So as we go through this, I'm going to speak to the FY23 proposed budget and not the plan. The proposed budget once adopted is where the board has allocated money and we can spend it. The FY24 plan is really just that. It is something departments have forecasted. It's something so the board and myself and others in the community can see what we believe our needs will be for 2024. But again, we'll revisit that this time next year. And then we would ask the board to consider making changes and adopting um, that plan at that time. So the FY2023 proposed budget is where I'm gonna spend my time. When we talk about our budget, we do have a number of funds and they total $233.4 million. That's all of our funds, whether it's capital, debt service, we have a Virginia think, housing fund and a few others, but those are our total budget, $233.4 million, which is a 4% increase over the current year budget. So that's not a significant increase overall. We spend a, most of our time talking about our general fund or our tax fund. Uh, of that $233.4 million, the general fund represents $218.2 million. So that is, again, a significant part of the overall budget. And within the general fund, we're seeing an 8% increase this year. And that's a little above our normal amount in terms of our increase of our budget. You know, big drivers for our proposed budget, um, employee retention, recruitment, um, has certainly played a big role in, in the formation of this budget and a lot of the recommendations. Uh, I will tell you that over the past two years, 60% uh, of our turnover has been in, with employees that have been here less than five years, and most of those are in our lower pay grades. So we put a significant amount of effort this year and going into, into 23 to increase our minimum pay. And our minimum hourly rate in December was $9.64 per hour. As of April, that number will be 13.36. So we're talking about a 38% increase in our minimum pay and then significant pay raises for our other employees at the lower end of our pay scale, trying to improve that turnover rate. Because just because with all the turnover on the, that 60% that we've lost in those lower pay grades, less than five years, we're having to constantly retrain. We lose somebody, we retrain. And that has created problems in keeping our convenience centers open, almost with closing our pool. We've had challenges in some of our building inspecting uh, inspection side and tr trouble to the public in terms of seeing what's going on with our Rec Connect, our childcare before and after school program um, in the school. So again, we are struggling in many of our departments with staff. And so I do expect and hope that this significant increase in the hourly rate that we're paying will help with that. Um, we've also looked at uh, beyond that, uh, 5% of 1,500 is in these budget numbers for all employees, uh, in a, not in addition to for those lower pay, that, that uh, $13 includes that, but for other employees above those lower pay scales, 
they ended up with a 5% and a $1,500 pay increase as well. Uh, but that's significant for us. We also have some additional positions that I'll speak to that we've added this year and some that we're proposing for FY 2023 uh, in terms of services to the community for a growing community. Now, our population has been increasing significantly the last decade or two or three, and it's projected to continue and to be able to provide the services that we believe our community expects and deserves. It does take more staff as we have more residents here to serve. So one of the big drivers employees are retention, recruitment, and some additional staffing. Another big driver, and I've heard it, I've uh, been here almost, well, a little over three years now, um, I hear community appearance all the time. You know, we're, we want it to look good for those visiting. We want it to look good for our residents that are here. We want the county to mow more. We want the county to, to take care of signage. We want the county to do better maintenance of some of our landscaped areas. Uh, when we have been putting significant resources towards that, this budget increases that significantly. We almost doubled what we are mowing on VDOT roadways. So we're doing additional mowings. Uh, we pay VDOT to mow additional times and then we take some of the landscaped areas and we mow them even more often. We've expanded that area under our contract um, so that we are paying out more for that. We worked this past year uh, with litter and working with our uh, Virginia Peninsula Regional Jail to add a jail crew, meaning we're paying the supervisory staff, so one person and their, their cost for their vehicle, to go out and basically pick up litter, our hope, is seven days a week. We're not quite there, but they have been working since October on regular pickup, multi-days per week within James City County with a two to six man inmate crew out picking up litter. And from my perspective, it is making a difference, but unfortunately, if they pick up litter this week, there's litter again next week. And so we've got to have that ongoing effort to pick up litter. And I do think the use of our inmates and our partnership with the Virginia Peninsula Regional Jail is worthwhile, but this budget has a full year of that cost built into it as well. In addition to that, we, we have our general services staff running odds and ends things from trees that have fallen over to signs that are down to areas that, that uh, for whatever reason have been missed in mowing and they look terrible before a weekend of a big event that we're trying to make better, uh, we've established an additional road crew. And we did that in FY 2022, this current year, but the full annual impact of that funding is built into this proposed FY 2023 budget. Really a big part around trying to make community appearance better. And then another significant piece that I hope our residents will appreciate and see in this coming year is we're working to replace our street signages along the main corridors, the street name signs to make them bigger, make them brighter, and make them so that they're visible to those. Uh, they won't be lit up, but they'll be better uh, reflect, uh, reflectivity. As you drive down the road at night, they'll, you'll be able to see the street name signs. They'll be bigger and you'll be able to have, see them easier. So again, all those things to help with community appearance. And then finally, we move into our capital improvement projects. And again, uh, we have a five-year projection of the needs within the county and the school system. Um, our biggest change in the county for the county is space. We are, have been through a facilities master plan and a uh, space needs study over the past two years that really identified that while the county's grown and we've added employees over the years, we really haven't increased the space of our county facilities. And so we keep putting more and more people into the same space and we take an office and we divide it into two. We take an office that had three or four and we're dividing it into four. And so we just are to the point that we have to, to build or, or expand the office space for county employees for us to continue to provide services. And when we talk about space, we have around 400,000 square feet, which is a lot. That's what we have today. What we need is 550,000 square feet. So we are way behind what we need today. And when we look at our 2040 need, just really 20 years out or not quite, 
um, we need 625,000 square feet. So we need 50% more space based on the projections of what the staffing will be and population will be in the next 20 years. And a big part of that in our CIP is starting this year. At least it's in this five-year plan uh, and it's new to the five-year plan, almost $100 million of new projects in the five-year plan, which is not normal for us to jump it that quickly. So uh, within that and some of the projects to highlight is the pre-K space for the schools. It's an excess of around $25 million. And so that project is a big project. We've talked about elementary school. We've talked about pre-K. It's been in the five-year plan. It's been out of the five-year plan. This year it's back in. And I think has the support momentum behind it for that to happen in the, in the next year or two. The other thing is a replacement of our general services building where all of our staff that provides our maintenance services to our fields, to our buildings, along our roadways and our parks, um, they're just out of space. And so we do have money in there to build a new complex almost $27 million in the five-year plan. We have our social services renovation costs. They are well, in the building they're in. They share it with Old Town Medical. Old Town Medical is looking for space to move out because we've told them we need that space for our staff. Uh, about $11 million renovation of that building. It's not an expansion, but it will be renovating each side as that building has some age on it and then be able to serve our staff and our residents uh, well into the future. So again, a significant cost there. And then we've talked an awful lot about an open space program of need to the community. We've talked about it here a long time. We funded it some years ago with bonds and then during the 0708 timeframe, we let those bonds expire. So we didn't fully implement it. Uh, we have put uh, $6 million in the next five-year plan towards uh, rural protection, open space purchase, easements, whatever that might be. And the board is very, is very supportive and wants to work through how do we best uh, protect uh, James City County so that even though it's changing and growing, we still are able to have that some of that rural character that most of us appreciate. And then finally, a new need in the five-year plan that's been talked about but hadn't been in the five-year plan is a new library. And whether that's a uh, renovation or partnership in the downtown branch or whether that is building a new branch in the James City County, still some conversation around that, but it's still a significant expenditure. And in this five-year CIP, it's a $24 million expenditure. And, and I'll probably mention later, but our CIP this year, close to $18 million in total with our projects and the school systems projects. Uh, all of those this year are being cash funded. So that's one of those things that we do have cash reserves. We are putting that money uh, uh, towards the, the PAYGO or cash funding of projects. That way there's not ongoing debt associated with any of, of this year's $18 million worth of projects. And that's significant as well. Um, you know, a couple other things I'd like to mention, those really are drivers, personnel, community parents, capital improvement. When I look into the details of the budget, we, I don't have any tax rate proposed, uh, change proposed. So for real property, which is your house or your business property or personal property, which tends to be your business, your vehicles, uh, no tax rate change proposed. Uh, I will say the assessments for real property, as many residents know, uh, went up this year. Uh, it was a reassessment year for us. Uh, 29,000 of our 35,000 or so parcels uh, received a notice of their change in value, and the average increase was 8%. So most properties went up 8%. Uh, that generates about $8 million more for the county, or is equivalent to about $0.07 cents on the tax rate. For the average home, and again, averages, if you're above it, you pay more. If you're below it, it'd be less. But for the average home of $370,000 in James City County, one cent on the tax rate represents about $37 a year or about $3 a month. And so I don't want to say that's not significant because it varies, but that is the reality of terms of dollars of what one cent on the tax rate means to the average property owner or homeowner here in James City County. And any change in these values, again, the, the 
The Board of Supervisors cannot change the assessments. Our residents have until April 30th to appeal their assessment value, the value we've said their home or property is worth, to our Board of Equalization by April 30th. So you have uh, some time to get that in. The Board of Supervisors can't change your assessment. What they can change is the tax rate. And I'm sure as I've just put the proposed budget out, the board will ask some questions and consider whether that is uh, something they would want to do or not. But again, they can't make it, even if they make it a revenue neutral tax rate, those that had a higher than 8% increase would still have a higher tax bill. So that's uh, sometimes hard to understand and explain to people, um, but I know our board will be sensitive to that and the needs of the county going forward. Um, in terms of when you would see it, you wouldn't see that until your tax bill that's due in December. So whatever assessment change and whatever tax rate is implemented um, for your real property, your house or business, those bills wouldn't be due until December. When we move into personal property, that is typically our cars, our vehicles that we drive day in and day out, used car values that are all time high. I wish I had three or four vehicles to sell myself right now, um, but today I'd, if I sold mine, I'd have to buy another one. So that's not quite the right time for that. Uh, our Board of Supervisors has really already provided some tax relief today. Residents may not be aware of that, but at the urging of our Commissioner of Revenue, the Board of Supervisors uh, did choose to reduce car values, at least the, what we're taxing on, by 25%. So they have already provided significant tax relief because most of us were going to see a larger bill for our vehicles than we paid last year because it's worth more in today's market with the supply chain issues. And while housing's not Sin, sin, well, housing's not sensed to be a bubble. We do think the used car values really are up right now because of supply chain issues and that in a year or two, those values won't more normalize. So again, the Board of Supervisors was sensitive to the idea of not sending you a bill that was more than what you received last year, at least in most cases, by providing this 25% reduction that we're billing uh, the, the tax bills on. And again, those bills are due in June, so residents will see that impact sooner than they will the impact of the reassessment. Anything I've left out of there, Renee, that you think I ought to say again or slower? <laughs> I, I think that you have covered it all. Just public opportunities for comment is probably the next big thing you'll well, get I'm to. I'm getting to that. Yeah, I'm going to save that for the end because I want people okay. to remember at the end. So let me talk a little more in terms of our budget. I'm, our general fund budget I mentioned was $218.2 million. 8% increase, that's $16 million more in revenue. So $8 million is a reassessment. $1.5 million is just new development. Almost $4 million is increased sales tax. Almost $2 million is increased meals and lodging tax. And then the balance is in miscellaneous revenue. So that's it's spread across a lot of our revenue sources. But again, it's $16 million more. So what are we doing with this 16? What does the proposed budget recommend for that? Well, as I said, we're paying a large part of uh, PAYGO or cash for our capital improvements. So there's 5.1 million of that 16 is going to support our capital improvement program. So we're not borrowing money to do some of these projects that we have said the, or the community has shared with us and we believe the community wants us to move forward with. About 4 million was implementation or full funding for this 5% and 1500 salary increase that I spoke to. 1.2 million was the increase in what we're paying for supporting in our W. James, uh, Williamsburg James City County school systems for next year. We had another 1.2 million in really eight new positions, some upgraded uh, positions, some reclassifications, some creations of career ladders to retain our staff and provide some promotional opportunities internally. But again, almost 1.2 million. And then a smattering of other things that lead us into those. But those are the big parts of what's in there. Again, the creation of the road crew is a half a million dollars. We added uh, firefighter positions, which is just over 300,000. 
And so there are things that we've done this year that we're supporting in the next year. And so we'll have more discussion about that, but all of those things total into the $16 million of additional revenue. Within those operating budgets also, we're replacing um, 16 vehicles, nine within our police departments, seven throughout other county departments. Uh, when we look at our CIP or capital improvement program, the summaries of that, again, the county's almost $15 million in capital improvement items. And just giving you a general sense of what, what they uh, are, uh, we continue to do our stormwater uh, work. We've got almost $2.6 million there. We have watershed management projects, Skimino Creek and Mill Creek. Again, the design costs for our general services building. We're replacing two of our medic units. We're replacing a fire engine unit. Uh, some funding for the open space program that I talked about. Some covered spacing for our specialty vehicle, covered parking spaces for our uh, some of our specialty equipment, the law enforcement center, some of the equipment that's more expensive, keeping it covered, will extend the longevity. We expect to have much of that for many years. Uh, a lot of building maintenance projects uh, in, across our campuses. Check out how many riverfront park water distribution replacements. We have a water system there that's old and needs to be replaced. It's a playground improvement or installation at James City County Library, some uh, library renovations, interior carpet and other interior renovations. And then improvements to our Chickahominy Riverfront Park, our Upper County Park, the library, Brickyard Landing, uh, business ready site development for industrial recruitment, and then some video and studio equipment so that we continue to broadcast the Board of Supervisors meeting uh, as in a, an appropriate manner. That equipment is now getting to the end of its life. And if we don't replace it, we'll begin having trouble broadcasting when we are ready to broadcast our Board of Supervisors meeting. So all those things are the drivers within our budget. I do want to mention ARPA funding, the American Rescue Plan Act funding. While it's not part of our operating budget, it is mentioned in our budget document because it's significant. The county is receiving $14.8 million. We received half of that last spring. We expect to receive the other half this spring. And as part of our budget meeting that I'll mention in, uh, on April 5th, uh, we are going to talk a little more about ARPA and where we're recommending that money be spent. And so a highlight of that, uh, we are doing some improvements to our emergency communication center with Generation. We've got some improvements at Chickahominy Park, again, our well facility to go along with the distribution facility. We've got support for a project that could occur at the marina where a restaurant may come in there to do parking and stormwater work. We're talking about accelerating Lower County Park, almost $6 million of that 14 that would help us move forward with the construction of that park and grove that we've talked about a number of years and has been in our CIP, but rather than having to borrow money for it, it could be cash funded with the ARPA funds. We're talking about some improvements to the facilities around the Ambler House in terms of utilities for events outside the house. It's no interior work, but we've, we've renovated the outside of the structure and secured it so it's not deteriorating. We're trying to make the grounds. We have a number of events that go on there better suited for that. We're talking about buying a portable stage. We're talking about um, having some portable toilets and in addition to porta johns or maybe instead of in some cases we have bathrooms that have lighting and he heating and cooling within them. Uh, we're talking about some upgrades to our fiber optic cabling, some redundancy for county facilities and tying us together, replacement of our phone system. Our, our phone system we use in our offices is a 90s model phone system and getting parts and keeping it functioning, uh, they tell me is more difficult each year. And then we've got a number of uh, projects related to housing, community development, and some, some temporary positions to support these ongoing projects built into our ARPA funding. And we'll talk more about that at our April 5th meeting. And so from that, Renee, I do wanna move into, I think, just really the opportunities for public involvement in the budget. Again, if there are questions, whether they email or call, but again, my number 253-6603. 
Well, well, and have... Scott, I'm sorry if I can interrupt. I do want to apologize for like rushing you through the entire second half of the budget. I'm a word person and not a numbers person. So, you know, I just figured that, yeah, we had already covered the where the money was going. So I do apologize. Oh, so. no apologies needed. We're now. You're probably <laughs> in the majority. There'll be a few out there that would like to know more. And I, I guess that's a good segue to our website, the budget message. And there's an awful lot of detail between the message and the full document there. For those that really want all the numbers, uh, we have plenty of numbers there for you. We will talk about more of those in our upcoming meetings. And again, we'll get as detailed as you'd like to be so that you understand why we believe those things are important. Uh, again, our community meeting, April 5th, 4 o'clock, our boardroom here at the government compound. Uh, it will be broadcast live and in person, so we hope that folks are able to attend and participate. Uh, the Board of Supervisors is holding a public hearing on the proposed budget April 12th at their 5 o'clock meeting. So pretty shortly after 5 o'clock, I would expect that they will be able to conduct their public hearing both on the budget and on the reassessment. They are separate public hearings, but they'll both be held at April 12th. And so uh, residents have an opportunity to speak and share their concerns or express where they'd like to see the funding go or not go at that meeting. The Board of Supervisors business meeting is April 26th, where they'll talk more about the budget and then decide do they need to talk more about it before uh, they consider hopefully their adoption of the budget on May 10th. So that's our schedule from here to hopefully having the budget adopted. Uh, but we certainly are willing to come out and speak with groups and help uh, those in our community understand it's on the phone or in person. We definitely want to make sure we're relaying what is in the budget, why I believe it's important, um, and make sure they at least understand it and have all the information to make their decision upon. So with that, I think I'll close on the budget, Renee. That's enough numbers. And um, again, while I'll end where I started, maybe I'm just encouraging people to get outside. It's going to be nice weather and a little uh, more conducive to that. And I think we all benefit by moving around a little bit, whether that's riding or walking or running or whatever you're paddling, whatever your preference. There's a lot of opportunity here in James City County to enjoy that. So I'll send it back to you. All right. Well, I will be sure to include at the end of the podcast the information about all of those upcoming public comment opportunities. So this Thanks. is our community's budget, and we definitely want to hear from everyone on it. So, well, Scott, as always, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to sit down with us and do a little podcast. Absolutely. I always look forward to it, Renee. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to subscribe. That way you will be sure to never miss an episode. Also go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to find all of our episodes as well as a form that you can complete. Give us show ideas, comments, critiques, critiques. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much. And we will talk with you next week.